0: Well, hi there, it's Julie Van Warmer, and you're listening to Unshaken, a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. Actually, you're listening to our final episode in our special bonus season called Unshaken Moms. These talks, we've done 12 of them this season, have all been focused on motherhood and how to live out our mothering to honor God. Both this podcast and this special season and the Mom-to-Mom Ministry at Christ the Word Church are here to encourage you and to challenge you in your walk every day as you care and mother your children. Be sure you subscribe to Unshaken so you're able to get notifications of all of our podcast episodes. Um, our regularly scheduled episode drops every Thursday um, and actually that's going to end today and we're going to take a little break for the next month of December so we at Unshaking can kind of uh, recoup. We'll be back at the beginning of January with brand new episodes. And you can always reach out to me uh, at unshaken, psalm at gmail.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, suggestions, anything you want to hear about, I'd love to hear from you. Now, if you haven't noticed, it's November. I know it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Did you actually know that right after November comes December? Yeah, I know. And actually December for me and probably you, it's a super busy month. And there's just so many extra activities. You've got holidays. In my family, we have birthdays that fall in the middle of December. And all of a sudden January 1st rolls around and sometimes I haven't even thought about plans for the new year. Well, today we're going to actually get a kickstart on the new year because we're gonna listen to a talk given by Melissa Franklin focused on this very idea. How are we supposed to be preparing for this new year? What are some practical things that we can do? What are big areas we need to be thinking about as we move towards this new year? It makes me happy to think about this And I love the idea of planning. And so I think you're going to find this to be a great encouragement full of lots of practical ideas. Let's jump in and listen to a talk called Anticipating the Next Chapter.
1: Perhaps you have a home office or a closet you've converted into an office with a little desk in it. In our home, we have a room with bookshelves that could be called the library, but we call it daddy's office. It is in this room, our library, that we could compile a state of our home address. We could look back, reviewing records from the past. It is where we can look forward into the future, maybe dream about the future. It is in our libraries that we anticipate the next chapter of our lives which is the title of today's talk. As we anticipate the next chapter today, we are going to discuss planning, planning for the everyday, planning for the long-term, and planning for the unexpected. And as we plan for the everyday, the long-term, and the unexpected, we must consider both physical and spiritual needs. But before we get started, please pray with me. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I ask you to be with my words today. I pray, Lord, that they will be true to your word in the Bible. Lord, what I say today will likely not be um, new to these women. I'm sure, like me, they have been hearing about resolutions and organization. But Lord, I ask you to bring motivation where we need it. Give us the will to do what you will. Um, I pray, Lord, that you will be honored by our time here this morning. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you would indulge me as we are anticipating the next chapter, I want to welcome you to my imaginary library right here in this atrium. And since it is my imaginary library, I want to have beautiful wood-paneled walls and big windows, a roaring fire, no, it just has to be crackling, a crackling fire, maybe some leather chairs, and of course, a pot of tea. So everybody have their cup of warmth. So we're sitting in my warm library in our leather chairs. You can smell the warm old books. And since we are in my library, We will be gaining wisdom from books on my bookshelves. Okay, let's get started. We are moms seeking to follow the Lord Jesus in our caring for our families and our homes. Therefore, the first book we must take off the bookshelf is, of course, the Bible. Okay, from the Bible, we will learn the principles that will guide our planning It's from here we will learn the why. We are asking the Lord to give us the will to do what we need to do. I may go a little out of order from the scriptures that are on your outline on the back of your bouquet. I'm going to start with Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. We do not just want to survive motherhood. We want our families to thrive. We want to be prudent, so we must plan and give thought as this verse says. We should consider, am I primarily focused just on what is right in front of me Is all my attention on the immediate, or am I giving thought to my steps? I have been in that place where I only seem to be able to focus on what is right in front of me. I call this survival mode, just trying to make it through today. If you have not made a plan, if you have not given thought ahead of time, you will be at the mercy of others, believing everything, as it says in the verse instead of acting on your family's established principles and plans. <clears throat> Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. This does not contradict what I just said about being at the mercy of others. These verses support each other. We can either be reactive or proactive. If you are reactive... You are following whoever is giving you advice there at the moment a rises. Or you can be proactive, as this verse says. You should seek counsel of biblically wise advisors as you plan now for the future. This makes our plans more likely to succeed. Now let's go to that famous Proverbs 31 woman. She rises while it is yet night, and provides food for her household and tasks for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. This wise woman seems to have a plan. She has a routine. You cannot assign tasks as she did for her maidens without first making a plan. And she considers the field before buying it. This is planning and forethought. It is likely she has done research. She has considered how buying this field fits into her family's plan for the future. She is anticipating the next chapter. We learned from her that we too should have a routine and should make decisions with thought of our family's plan for the future. And next, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. It may say 7, 6 through 7 on your your outline, but it's 6 through 8. Some of your children may have memorized this. Go to the ant, O oh sluggard; consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her be- she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. We have so much to learn from the ant. The ant works hard today in anticipation of needs in the seasons to come. I have people in my family who need food to eat, who need clean clothes to wear. I could go on and on about these needs. And these needs are pretty much set in stone, right? They don't really change. My husband needs clean socks to wear to work on Monday morning. And yet there have been times when I haven't been ready to meet those needs. It's like they've popped up and surprised me. Have you ever been there? Mm -hmm. in our home when some need goes repeatedly unmet or something like a paper or a book has been repeatedly misplaced or a room goes routinely intolerable do you have any rooms that become intolerable our mudroom is like this and I recall one day having this moment when I walked into the mudroom and said we need a system. Ever get there? That's what happens in our house. A plan was needed. I needed to make a plan. The ant knows winter is coming. The change of seasons and the need for food in times of scarcity is set in stone. It's like those needs that are in my home that are set in stone. I need to be like the ant. And follow the plan. But I must set a plan in place first. And I have two more verses from Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 3. I love to read from my Bible. My husband got me a new Bible, which is nice because Galatians through the maps doesn't fall out of this one. 163. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established in 16:9 The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. It is clear that we should plan. We have seen in these verses that not to plan is foolish. We do not know what the future will bring. The Lord knows what the future holds. But that should not keep us from planning. That means we should commit our work, our plans to the Lord asking him to direct our steps. So let's talk about planning for the everyday. The Proverbs 31 woman had a routine. I want to take another book off my shelf to illustrate a routine. Anyone else love this book like I do? Little House in the Big Woods, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Every morning... There were dishes to wipe. Mary wiped more of them than Laura because she was bigger. But Laura always wiped carefully her own little cup and plate. By the time the dishes were all wiped and set away, the trundle bed was aired. Then standing one on each side, Laura and Mary straightened the covers, tucked them in well at the foot and sides, plumped up the pillows, and put them in place. Then Ma pushed the trundle bed into its place under the big bed. After this was done, Ma began the work that belonged to that day. Each day had its own proper work. Ma used to say, wash on Monday, iron on Tuesday, mend on Wednesday, churn on Thursday, clean on Friday, bake on Saturday, rest on Sunday. This is a simple routine. I can imagine Caroline Wilder did other things in her day besides these, but her children were involved in these things. When we moved to Toledo, I was seven months pregnant. I had a home to establish and unpack. I was anticipating those newborn days being particularly difficult physically and emotionally, being far from family in a a new town. I set up a simple routine for my boys to help for the caring of the home. They were seven and four at the time. It was something like this. Monday, sort laundry. Tuesday, clean toilets and wipe sinks. Wednesday, sweep floors. Thursday, sort laundry. Friday, family room complete cleanup. Plus, any time they saw the dishwasher was said clean, they were supposed to tell me and help me empty it. Does that ever happen to you? You just don't see the clean button or the clean light? That happens to me. My children were supposed to tell me when it was lighting lit. The four-year-old um, would do the silverware, and the seven-year-old would hand me the plates. I had to do a lot of, of instruction at first. I worked with them and gradually did less and less. It was simple and doable, but very helpful to me. One morning, I remember wake I woke up, and it was early, like dark outside. And I was hearing something, and it was this scraping noise and this... What is going on? The baby was brand new. I go out and my children, my boys, were sweeping the stairs. It was like five something in the morning. (laughs) And they had gotten up to do their chores, which was a tremendous blessing. And i thankful the Lord just helped me say, okay, boys, we will do this later so mommy can go back to sleep. And we set a time limit. You know, you cannot get out of bed till seven to do your chores. They want to help you. Your children want to help you. I encourage you to establish a simple homekeeping routine that involves your children. Ours is posted on the wall, so I don't need to remind anyone about it. They just do it, and it's a tremendous help to me. Where could a routine be helpful in your home? Where and when in your daily life could you scream, we need a system? Going back to Little House in the Big Woods, did you notice what was done on Sunday? Rest. It was only in the past year or so that my family started really resting on Sunday. We go to worship on the Lord's Day. We participate in a small group in the evening. I typically fix very simple food like leftovers or soup. My children play and rest and play some more. We do not do any schoolwork. We may play outside if the weather allows, but we don't do organized sports. As much as they love it, sports teams can feel like work to my children. It is our desire that our Sunday will be filled with laughter and joy and rest, but no burdens. I I want my kids, when they grow up, to say, when I was a kid, Sundays were the best day of the week. When I was a a child, I remember biking over to my friend Rachel's home, and it was a Saturday morning, and I go in, and she is sitting at her kitchen table doing her schoolwork on a Saturday morning. And I thought, what are you doing? You know, it's Saturday. School's not until Monday. We should be out playing. And she said, well, you know, Sunday's busy. I have church in the morning and church in the evening, and it's just busy, so I do it now. My friend Rachel has always been the most spontaneous, fun-loving person I know. And I think it's because she is like the ant in Proverbs. She does her work now in anticipation of tomorrow. She does it when she can do it now. She is not burdened by unfinished work because she did it when she could. And she lives with this sort of freedom to serve and love others because she did her work when she needed to do it. I think that comes from having a routine and including a day of rest into into your week. So how restful is your Sunday? We're going to talk just briefly about meal planning. During our panel with a bunch of characters, this was addressed by each one of them. How are you doing with it? Don't hesitate to ask the people at your table for advice or other people in this room. And um, this was a big struggle in our home because my husband does the grocery shopping, which you may think is a big blessing, and it is. Um, but I know that he does the grocery shopping most Saturday mornings. And so Saturday morning, he would say, I need a list. And I would scramble to put together the list of what we were going to, you know, need for the next week. This would happen every Saturday morning. So light bulb moment, it dawned on me, I need a system. And I thought, I need to make my meal plan on Fridays. Wouldn't that be smart? And I can make my list on Fridays, and then it would be ready on Saturday. And so I picked up my phone, and I put a reminder on Fridays, because you know if you don't have a reminder, it's not going to happen. And on Friday, my phone will ding and tell me, make the meal plan and make the list. We're just starting this system, but I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. So where do you need a system? Okay, a little checklist. Do you have a plan for keeping your home? Do you have a plan for meals? Do you have a plan for rest? Planning for these things must be a regular part of your life. Set aside time, make an appointment, put it in your phone, I said earlier that not only should we plan for physical needs, but spiritual needs as well. The Lord gave us rest for both our physical and our spiritual need. How else should we plan for everyday spiritual needs? Do you have a plan for your daily time in God's word? This past year, our pastor encouraged us to read through the Bible in a year. I started out strong. I had a one-year Bible, you know, the one that It tells you what to read when. It's right there. All you have to do is open it. I fell two months behind. And so then I thought I will find the perfect plan in version, And I was following a plan, fell another month behind. I felt defeated. I was primarily reading the Bible in preparation for Bible study, but not for personal daily reading. I was searching the internet for the perfect Bible reading plan. Perfection is not out there. At the October mom-to-mom meeting and her Bible reading accountability group that she does through email, lightbulb moment again, I have been in one of those before and it was so helpful, so I'm in one again. We post our daily reading and a Facebook messenger group, so easy to set up. Perhaps some ladies at your mom-to-mom table could use this as well. Do you have a plan for your daily time in God's Word? How about a plan for the everyday spiritual needs of the people in your home? I know many families that have daily Bible time as a whole family, maybe right before bedtime. Others may do it in the morning. Do you have a routine? I want to take another book off my shelf. You probably can't see the title, but this is actually from the library. But I will be purchasing it for myself. Um, the name of this book is My Name is Asher Lev by Chaim Potok. Um, some of you may have read The Chosen. A lot of people have read that by Chaim Potok. He writes a lot about um, ultra-Orthodox Hasidic Jews. And this book as well is about that. Um, what strikes me about this book is the rhythm of their lives that is completely shaped by their following the Torah. That's the first five books of the Bible. They have morning prayers and prayers before they consume anything. They have um, bedtime prayers and the weekly preparation for the Sabbath meal and all the ritual and that goes with that. Now, I'm not suggesting that we need to get bogged down following a law or a ritual but there is a rhythm by which I want my home to run. When my oldest was a baby, this is my first, I was struggling. Life was hard, he was demanding. I really didn't feel like I had a lot of support. And this struggle was not helped by my attitude. Attitude is half the battle sometimes. So I made a plan. As I changed his first diaper of the day, upon him waking, I would sing to us, This is the day. Do you know that? This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And as I put him to sleep at night, I would sing the Nunc Dimittis, which is also called Simeon's song. This was prayed by Simeon when he held the long-awaited Jesus in the temple. I don't know if anyone knows it. Lord, oh, I'm going to sing it for you. I usually only sing for children. So, Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior whom you have prepared for all the world to see. A light To enlighten the nations and your glory, Israel. I learned that in college, and so I'd sing it to Thomas and myself, really, before bedtime. This simple addition to the rhythm of my little family helped me tremendously. Assess the daily rhythm of your home. When do you need to recognize God? Pray to him. Sing to him. Praise him. Learn from his word with your children, with your husband. Where can you do more than just insert it into your day, but make it a part of the rhythm of your day, your week, and therefore your life? This takes planning. Now I want to move on to planning for the the long term and the unexpected. I'm going to have a little sip after singing to you. Some feel that planning for the future shows a lack of trust in God. They think it would insult God if they developed a long-term wise plan. But as we've seen in the scripture, a wise plan, an emergency plan, a family plan does not contradict faith. It can be an expression of faith. Do you have a long-term financial plan? I'm not talking about a plan for gaining wealth, but a plan to be a faithful steward of what God has given you. Do you have debt that needs to be reduced or eliminated? For the first 10 years or so of our marriage, Matthew and I would not spend a dime without speaking to the other person about it. No going to a store to buy a Coke or a soda or pop, wherever you're from. I know that sounds simple, but it reduces spending. Honey, I want to go get, oh, well, I guess I don't really need a Coke, you know. It makes you think before spending a little, which can add up to a lot. If this is an area where you need help, We have listened to Dave Ramsey a lot, and he has some great guiding principles, but make a plan. If you are not the primary bookkeeper in your home, what do you need to know in case of the unexpected? I have a good friend whose husband reviewed their finances and all of their final plans, and then two weeks later he died of an aneurysm unexpectedly. He was in perfect health otherwise in his young 20s or his older 20s. He was anticipating the unexpected, and it served his wife greatly. What do you need to know to manage the household on your own? What, could, what does your husband need to know to manage the household without you? Consider these things and make a plan. Continuing to talk about planning for the long-term and the unexpected, do you have a will? If you have dependence, you need a will. I'm always surprised to find out who does not have a will. I think some people don't want to consider that life is short and fleeting. James 4 says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears a little time and then vanishes The time of our death is unknown, but we will all die. We should anticipate that we will all die and live our lives in light of eternity, not in fear of death. The Lord has given me faith in himself. I have repented of my sins. I continue to repent of my sins, and I trust him with my life like I would a parachute. Last week, I went rock climbing, with my kids, an indoor rock climbing. And um, after arriving at the top and hitting the buzzer, woohoo! hoo I made it, I had to get down. <laughs> and I had been instructed just to lean back and let go. And that was fine when they instructed me when I was on the ground. But you know, when you're at the top and you are thinking, will this rope and this harness hold me? That's a whole different thing. The Lord can be trusted. His name is trustworthy and true. I think about death maybe more often than the average person. Maybe not. Maybe we're just not all talking about it. I don't think about it in an anxious or fearful way, but to plan. I guess I'm a planner. A couple of months ago, my husband and I planned to go on a date. It was a Friday, and as I was picking up our three-year-old from preschool here at the church, I mentioned to a couple of the the moms, by the way, Matthew and I are going on a date tonight. If something happens, so-and-so is supposed to be their guardian. This was quite amusing to my friends, who apparently said that we needed to go on dates more often. For me, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But I want my children to be cared for. And Julie Morgan said I could put her on my emergency list so that the babysitter would know who to call. You need a will, and you need to make sure it is updated periodically. My parents discovered when I was in high school that they still had listed as my guardians, some friends they had fallen out of relationship with. I'm thankful that nothing happened to them and I wasn't in those, their care. My husband would also advise every parent to have low-cost term life insurance. That sounds like something a lawyer would say, doesn't it? Um, so I do not work outside the home, but my work in the home has value that would need to be replaced by someone in my absence. For most people, term life insurance costs little, but it can save a lot of struggle and pain. Of course, there are other unexpected things you should plan for. Fires. Do you have a fire evacuation route in your home? Now, I know every October, if you have school-aged kids, you hear about it from your school-aged kids. You know, mom... Dad, do we have a plan to evacuate our home? Maybe you don't, maybe you don't hear about it. I know as a homeschooler, I'm required every year by law to talk about fire safety with my children. Can you put that on your list to do? Talk to your children about how, how you should exit your home and where you would meet. We think about doing these things, but do we actually do them? Do you have an emergency plan? Do your children know three adults who are their safe people in case something happens to you? In our family, we call these the safe side adults. I don't know if you've seen that film. There's a safety film we've watched where you're supposed to have three adults that your children can feel safe going to no matter what. Yeah, We do things like watch safety films. Go ahead and laugh. <laughs> What's a safety film? <laughs> I'll, I'll loan it to you. It's in my library. I'll, I'll I'll loan it to you. Okay. And do you have a, we also have this. Do you have a secret, a family secret code word? You need a family secret code word. A code word you can give your children or give an adult who needs to go pick up your children. Our, I do not give our code word to the three-year-old because she would tell everyone, but... If you have older children, give them a secret code word. Ask the Lord to guide you on what else you need to plan for. When we ask for wisdom, he says he will give it to us. So we've spoken of addressing physical needs for the long term and the unexpected, but what about spiritual needs? Do you have... um, books on your shelves that tell the stories of the great hymns. This one's for adults, and this one's for children. Books like these are so inspiring. If you have read any of these stories, so many of the lives of the hymn writers have been touched with difficulty and trials. These people were often taught the scripture as children, taught the religion, what we would call being catechized, and very often taught to praise and worship. And then when life hits them hard, hit them hard like life does, the scripture and truth and praise came came pouring out in the form of the hymns we now sing. We sing still today. Since we sang the 12 days of Christmas earlier, I use this with my children on each of the 12 days. It's a little, I use it as a devotional. I want to read a portion of it to you. It says, no one really knows when or why the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, was written. Legend is that during the 16th century, the officials of the Church of England forbade all other religious teaching about Christ except theirs. So for the next 200 years, parents who refused to join this church used the song to teach their children in secret. So the true love is God who gives good gifts. The partridge in the pear tree is Jesus on the cross. Two turtle doves are the doves that Joseph and Mary presented in the temple as an offering. Three French hens are the the three gifts. Four calling birds are the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It goes on and on. These families made a plan for addressing the spiritual needs of their children in the unexpected. But really... The plan we have for addressing the everyday spiritual needs of our children is what helps them when the unexpected happens. As we are faithful to prepare prepare our children in the everyday, then they are prepared for the future. Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God. Finally, at the bottom of your outline, you see these words, more of this, less of that. My friend Julie Morgan gave me a planner with this cute form in it, and I loved it because it was so simple. More of this, just three circles. Less of this, just three circles. I plan on filling it out, Julie. I promise. (laughs) After this talk. Maybe today after the talk or after our discussions, I want you to take your Bible verse card that's in front of you and I want you to draw a line down the middle. I want you to write more on one side and less on the other. List some things you want more of in 2016 and some things you want less of. Consider both physical needs and spiritual needs. Maybe you need more rest Maybe you need more laughter. Maybe you need more family dinners instead of rushing around. I don't know what you need, but the Lord knows, and you know. Pray about it. And that brings me to the final book I want to take off my shelf. And this is also the verse that's on your verse card. I want you to think on this verse in the weeks ahead. This is a little different version, but The Lord Builds the House, the 127th Psalm. You're welcome to look at any of these books afterwards. The people in the front row got the good seats this year, this this day, this time. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You in the back you have to come see these pictures. They're gorgeous. i to so read it again. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain For you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. I encourage you, as this new year begins, to ask the Lord to build your house, and give you wisdom as you plan. As you commit your ways to him, he gives his beloved sleep rest.
0: Okay, so what did you think? Did you find yourself already planning for the beginning for January 1st? Did you think of things that you need to think about? I love so much this talk, and but one in particular thing stuck out to me and it was actually right at the end. Melissa told us about a page in her planner that is entitled More of This and Less of That. Now, that was really interesting to me. I actually thought about that for quite a while. I think if I actually sat down today and made a list of two or three things that I wanted to do more of this year and maybe two or three things that I wanted to do less of, I actually think I'd find some common themes and that would help me to have a good plan for what I need to do in this upcoming year. I've always been a planner from the time I was a little kid. I always loved to have a planner, brand new planner in the first of the year and look ahead and get out my fun colored pens and write down all my goals. Sometimes though, my goals are a little bit too lofty and then I really don't want to accomplish them. Maybe you're a person who's like me or maybe you're someone who doesn't ever really plan at all. Hey, maybe you and I could meet in the middle. Maybe we could plan ahead for some of the things that will best help us care for our family's needs this upcoming year. Hey, thanks for listening to this special bonus episode in our special bonus season. Remember, we'll be back the first Thursday in January with brand new episodes and a brand new season. I hope you join us. Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.